Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Hello, Sophie. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me where that came from. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you? I did yoga tonight, guys. Everyone who listened to last week's episode will know. So I'm feeling very sad. You're really on a um, trying all the fitness boxes journey at the moment no I just cancelled my class pass account so <laughs> that was the last one <laughs> <laughs> sorry class pass we're out how about you how are you yeah pretty good just uh eating my husband's birthday Toblerone nice. <laughs> just been bopping around <laughs> been in Melbourne a couple of times which is super fun and just you know waiting to get COVID still hasn't still hasn't hit me touch wood touch wood <laughs> Wow. I went out dancing for a hen's party, my friend Vic's hen's party on the weekend, which is the first hen's party I've been to in like two years, I think. And it was really fun and really sweaty. And I'm also expecting to get COVID round two like any day now. It was just too many people on that dance floor for me not to catch it. Yeah. I mean, we've been to karaoke. We've been like just talking directly into people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking from other people's drinks. <laughs> oh, so much. I definitely took a swig of someone else's espresso martini on the dance floor. So it's all downhill. Oh my God. I had an espresso martini at my husband's birthday party. I was like, fuck it. I'll have a margarita. Fuck it. I'll have an espresso martini. Hmm. I lay in bed that night, like at, you know, 1am and I was like, why can't I sleep? Like my brain, I just like, can't turn it off. I'm like, why? I like, I haven't done anything naughty. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, the espresso martini has sabotaged me. <laughs> you know, it was like a long time before bed that I had it and it just kept me up all damn night. It was so annoying. So now I'm never drinking them again. I've fully sworn off them. I've changed my position on them. They are the devil's juice. So, you know, we can all grow, we can all change, and I am living proof of that. Well, Sophie, before we lead into our eat section this week, we have a little uh, shout-out to a very lovely listener via her very cute husband. Cute as in, like, manner, because I can't see what he looks like. Um, (laughs) But we just wanted to shout-out to Nikki and her husband, Matt, would like to thank her on their fifth wedding anniversary for always making an effort to make our life the best possible life it can be. And he says, if our life continues to be filled with kimchi jaffles and vodka sauce pasta, thanks to us, Sophie and Sophie and Harley and <laughs> then we're going to have one hell of a life together. Love your doting hubby. Oh my God. Oh my God. Look, Nikki, it's very cute. thanks for listening. Matt, thanks for writing in and asking for this shout out. You know, he did want us to arrive to meet her at her favorite cafe, but we thought that was a bit too far and a bit creepy. Yeah. We won't invade your personal space, but we will invade your ears with this shout out. So <laughs> thanks, Matt. Happy anniversary. And thanks for listening. Yes. And I'm glad you enjoy the toasties and the pasta sauce. We do this for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, what more could we want, really? All right. Eating. I... I'm going to dive right in to my recommendation for this week. Do it. Because I have a really good one. Go. So this week I am bringing to you pickle brined chicken. Interesting. I know. I know. It combines a number of my favorite things. So this came through a recipe newsletter I signed up to a while ago, which I 
found after randomly following this account called Anchovy Trove on Instagram. It's like a rare instance of my Instagram explore page serving me content I actually like instead of the grossest cooking content you've ever seen. So when I first sort of like made this and was like, oh, I have to tell everyone about it. It was actually not under a paywall, but it is now only available for paid subscribers. So I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to talk you through it anyway, and it will be included in our newsletter, highlyenthused.substack.com, so you can all enjoy this recipe. The whole sort of premise of this is that you take boneless, skinless chicken. He recommends chicken breasts. Um, I use thighs because it's what I had. And you use the brine from pickles to actually like wet brine a cut of chicken that's normally pretty dry and flavorless, but without all of the annoying of like measuring the salt to, you know, all of that annoying maths that no one wants to do on a Wednesday night in the kitchen. Mm. So you take advantage of the fact that someone has already done that for you. So you basically just get the skinless, boneless chicken breast or thighs as many as you need to feed your crowd. I tend to do like four thighs for two people, depending on what you're serving it with, if you want leftovers. And then if you use breasts instead of thighs, he recommends slicing it into like two thin sheets, if that makes sense, just so that like they're not too thick. And then you pop them into a container where they fit fairly snugly and cover them in pickle brine. And he recommended a mix of using like pickled chili brine and the Sicilian olive brine. So those nice fat green Sicilian olives. And it gives you a nice mix of like a little bit tangy, a little bit salty, but you just want something that's not just salt. You want that kind of tangy, briny taste. And so yeah, effectively like seasons your chicken um, for the inside out. I only had about 90 minutes to marinate them for, but you can basically like leave them in as long as you can. Like if you remember at lunch when you're working from home, throw them in then. You can do it overnight, I think. Um, But you just want to get it in there for, you know, couple of hours if you can. While that's happening, you're going to mash together a few generous tablespoons for uns- of unsalted butter. Like you're just eyeballing this because this is all coming together into a pan sauce. So based this on however many people you're trying to serve and how much you care about your arteries, you're going to grate in a little clove of garlic, splash of Worcestershire sauce and four or so chopped anchovy fillets. So you're going to mash all that together into a little bowl and then you're going to grab a generous handful of those fat green Sicilian olives you used the brine of and just sort of like deep hit them and just tear them roughly as you go into sort of pieces. Um, I also chopped up a couple of the pickled chilies and then grabbed a big handful of parsley if you're feeling really rich while you're in the supermarket um, and just roughly chop that up as well. I swear that was like the most expensive splurge of my shop. So then once you're ready to go, you take the chicken out of the fridge and you kind of like let it come up to room temperature so it's not super cold, pat it as dry as you can. The enemy of a nice crispy piece of chicken is any moisture. And then the little tip that he had that I'd never done before, but which I recommend, I actually really recommend was you sprinkle it with salt and pepper. That's pretty standard. And then he recommended adding just like a teeny bit of sugar because it helps like speed the caramelization up, especially if you've got like kind of thin pieces of chicken which I thought was really smart and it doesn't add any sweetness. It just kind of gives that kind of more crunchy, crackly exterior. And then you heat a pan up till it's pretty hot, throw in some olive oil and cook them on one side and like really push it down into the pan to get um, quite crispy. And then the tip he also gave, there's lots of really good little tips actually. I should probably just sign up for this newsletter because 
like to pay because it was it was quite helpful because he recommended like cook the chicken until it's like barely it's like mostly opaque and just like a tiny bit pink on the top side so the bottom really gets a chance to get like like really commit to that bottom one being side being really nice and golden and crispy and then just flip it let it cook for a couple of minutes to finish off the other side and then take it out of the pan once it's cooked through then the pan should have like some good caramelized fond on it sort of crispy bits bit of chicken fat in there so you glug in a generous pour of white wine like a small glass it'll bubble up and you like scrape all of the good chickeny bits off the bottom add the butter with all of the flavoring in it into the pan as well once the alcohol's cooked off the wine just kind of let the anchovies disintegrate and the raw edge of the garlic come off and then once that looks good just toss the olives and chilies in just to warm through take it off the heat pour that all over the chicken, add the chopped parsley. It sounds, having talked you through it extensively with all the tips, like it takes a while, but honestly, it all came together really, really quickly. And I've done like a few variations on it since just using the brining technique and then riffing on the the kind of pan sauce method. Yum, it sounds amazing. It's really tasty. It sounds so savory mm. it's got the garlic and the, the green olives and the anchovies and like even the wine that makes it quite savory too yeah yeah I mean and you can kind of riff on it you can like serve it with a fennel salad you could add capers instead of the pickled chilies you could you know um I served it I did a sort of similar one and added like a whole bunch of rocket to kind of mix through with the sauce so there's kind of that nice bitterness like you can really do whatever you want um but just as long as you get those really crispy crispy bits of chicken mm, that's good and then you want some crusty bread to soak up all the delicious juice it's just there's nothing else you can have with it really otherwise you're just letting all the butter go to waste yum heaven that sounds so good i'm keen to check out this blog as well oh, wait sorry nat blog newsletter <laughs> it's the blog of 2022 you know <laughs> So that is Pickle Brine Chicken. It's by Anchovy Trove. I also recommend following his Instagram just for some really nice food content that kind of mm. sparks ideas. Um, but you can sign up to his newsletter um, or sign up to ours and we'll send through this recipe for you as well. What have you been eating? Well, mine is not a recipe today, but it is just a general recommendation to visit your local butcher instead of mm-hmm. buying mass meat. <laughs> Great idea. I have been buying meat lately from a butcher in Marrickville called Whole Beast and it's just kind of like a cornucopia of delights in really suburban Marrickville. It's kind of near the new Marrickville pork roll on Illawarra Road, so just up from where all the oh, yeah. are. It's a family business. The butcher Marcus's kids are always in there and the meat is just incredible, like all cut by hand, which is insane, like that's mm. not a regular thing in butchers. I went in and needed lamb mince. I was making a shepherd's pie and he ground it to order for me from this, you know, beautiful hunk of lamb he had in the fridge. He makes all his own sausages, all different kinds, like super smoky pork and fennel sausage, frankfurts, incredible smoked bacon, meatballs, um, but, like, aside from the meat, he's got walls and walls. Like, it's almost – it just, like, overwhelms your eyes with how many <laughs> jars there are in there. Just full of pickles if you need more uh, marinating, marinating pickle juice. Mm. Marmalades, sauces, pasta sauce, quince paste, like, candy kumquats, relish, mayonnaise in the fridge, like – 
dips. It's just so cool and large and brilliant. Chili jam, all of it is like you just want it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> like simply labelled. Um, he just does the labelling himself. And, yeah, I just think if you don't, even if you don't live near Marrickville, near Holbeis, like if you do, it is 100% worth the journey. He also does um, burgers and stuff on the weekend, like cooked, cooked things to take away, which is nice. Oh, yum. But, yeah, even if you don't live near this particular butcher, just go to your regular butcher. The thing I love about butchers is that they just love cooking so much. Like they love cooking and they yep. want their meat that they're, you know, cutting up for you or whatever to be treated really well. So they always ask <laughs> what you're making with it. Like I think that they do. You're like, what are you, what are you cooking? And you're like – Oh, I'm going to try like, you know, shepherd's pie. Like, do you have any tips? And they're like, yes, always put gruyere on top of the potato or like, you know, make sure you brown off the lamb or they'll tell you a good herb to try or what kind of stock to use or just like little tips about cooking meat. And I don't cook a lot of meat and I want all the tips I can get because the meat I I do buy, I feel like it's like good quality. So I want it to be treated well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Butcher's where it's at if that's what you want too which hopefully it is. But, yeah, Whole Beast Butchery in Marrickville is seriously incredible stuff. It's such a good tip. I think especially, you know, meat's not cheap or shouldn't be super cheap, so you want to make sure when you're cooking it that you're – you don't you don't want to fuck it up basically. <laughs> there is nothing more tragic than an overcooked steak or something, a beautiful cut of meat that you turn rubbery like you just want it to be – perfect and a butcher like you said is invested in you not fucking it up yeah they really care and they're they're just like curious <laughs> if you're buying a few if you're buying a few different things you're like like oh cool so you know you're having some people over like what are you serving for dessert what's your starter <laughs> like it's not even about the meat the meat dish like solely he just wants to know about everything um and i love that but yeah that is my hot tip for the day what about read, watch, or listen? What's what's um, filling your brain lately? I've got a good one. I'm very excited. So I was lucky enough to be sent a proof of this new book by amazing author Victoria Hanan. It is her second novel that is coming out. I think it's being published on the 30th of August, so that will be just a day or so after this episode airs. So you can head out and get a copy immediately. It's called Marshmallow. Now, I have to be completely transparent. Vic organized to have this sent to me because she is a friend of mine. So I am obviously very biased. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. But we also spoke about her debut novel Kokomo on this podcast back in 2020, which I believe a number of you went out and read. So hopefully you already know that this is some good stuff. And I really loved Kokomo. It like broke my 2020 pandemic brain reading drought and like got me back into books. But I actually have to say I loved Marshmallow even more. Mm. It's always a little bit nerve wracking reading a book that one of your friends wrote because you're like, oh God, I hope I like it. (laughs) I really, really hope I like it because it's always, you know, obviously all my friends are brilliant, but books are a personal thing. But I just gulped this book down in a day and a half, even with a full work day in the middle. Wow. Yes, guys, I got a job. Just dropping that in. Yay. <laughs> Yay. 
<laughs> so it's set in Melbourne like Kokomo is, uh, but this is a more – Kokomo is very much a sort of like first following one main character, but this follows a group of friends who are all reeling in grief in the aftermath of this catastrophic loss that they suffered almost exactly a year before the book starts. Uh, and it follows all five of the friends mostly evenly kind of s- – throughout the book um, as they're coping or not coping with the consequences of what happened, which I'm being an intentionally opaque because it kind of becomes clear over the course of the of the novel what, what has happened and the loss that they've all suffered. So it's both a group portrait of this group of friends in their mid to late 30s. It kind of weaves in stories from their past and their relationships and how they all got to know each other. And it's also there's like really beautiful and frustrating and wonderful examination of um, grief and coping mechanisms and how, you know, a really big tragedy and loss can really fracture relationships and like reform them in different ways. I also really love it because Vic's someone I've really talked to quite a lot about grief. Um, you know, she suffered some loss in her life sort of not too long after I lost my husband and she, she doesn't shy away from sort of the side of grief that a lot of people don't talk about in like literature she like isn't afraid to show how boring grief can be like how repetitive and dull it can be how annoying grieving people can become and I say this as someone who has been a very annoying person (laughs) whilst grieving like no one wants to say it but you're very repetitive when you're sad you don't have a lot of fun stories I don't think you're (laughs) well thank you but I felt boring inside my own head but yeah sort of shows how easy it is to sort of plummet into the bottom of a really dark place and lose all direction and perspective and ability to function but it's Vic so it's very funny some really dark grim jokes in there which I personally really enjoyed you know I got I teared up at the end it's just a really wonderful book and just one that you just want to kind of sink your teeth into and, and read really quickly. So mm. really excited it's coming out. I think you've pre-ordered it already, but I can give you my copy if you want to get ahead. That's Marshmallow by Victoria Hanan, published on the 30th of August. So you can grab a coffee ASAP. Nice. I know when you were going through your period of intense grief, not that you're not grieving now. The more intense part, yes. <laughs> yeah. You were like seeking out things to read and listen to and different stories and perspectives. Are you, do you still find that you still seek those out or, you know, this was just passed to you and you read it? I don't think I'm as actively looking for it because, you know, I'm someone who's always used books as a sort of way to understand my experience. So in the really intense part of, you know, losing Al, I definitely was like, you're just desperate, you know, desperate for anything to mm. kind of cling to. Um, but I would say I've done a lot of processing and a lot of work to sort of integrate my experience. So I don't need it as much, but I still enjoy it when I find someone doing it well. Like it still feels really, it still feels rarer than you would expect to read something about grief that like hits on a real truth. So I, I really appreciate it when I find it. And I do think there's like some amazing moments in in this book that I that I really resonated with. So yeah, it's kind of kind of like anything, I guess like when you become a new mum, I can imagine they're sort of like desperate to find things that you can be like, I've just had this huge experience. I need mm. to understand it. Um, and then as time goes on, you still recognize those things in literature, but you're not necessarily as desperate to like find <laughs> the thing that will help you yeah so yeah yeah awesome i can't wait to read it it's coming to my doorstep any day now in for a treat yay what about you well i'm recommending the cookbook that everyone in our office has bought recently like everyone (laughs) bought this book (laughs) um (laughs) it's chinese ish by the head chef at a restaurant called etta in melbourne roisin cole 
and it's illustrated by her friend Joanna Hu and um, co-authored by her. And it's just, it's so great. I love Chinese food and I'm not a confident Chinese food cook. We eat it all the time, but it, I cook a few things. Like I have a few like staples, dandan noodles, mapo, tofu, like a few things that I really like, dumplings and stuff. But I really want to broaden my horizons about Chinese cooking. And this book is really great because it, there's, there's really traditional books like Fuchsia Dunlop, which is just like, an encyclopedia of incredible Sichuan food. And then there's Chinese-ish, which kind of straddles that line between what's authentic in Chinese cooking, but also then dishes that have grown with her and with her family and with her friends to be something non-traditional and something new. And it's a fun approach to cooking, like not trying to recreate the classics to a T, but yeah, just having a bit of fun, which I really like. It's not starters mains desserts like classic breakup of chapters either there's just chapters on noodles and eggs and the solo diner sweets chinese snacks that feel kind of wrong <laughs> <laughs> like such a, good, such a good chapter name great dishes for a crowd a few desserts we don't hate like <laughs> it's just really fun and you know pokes a bit of a bit of a stick at tradition. The design is really cool. Joanna, whose illustrations are fabulous. And yeah, I just bookmarked so much, so much stuff. Some standout recipes I have bookmarked are chunking hot and sour noodles, which is a serious favorite dish of mine. I really want to learn how to make it. I think the key is just like really good stock. So I'm going to ask my butcher about that. <laughs> Cheats egg t- custard tarts, steamed egg custard, which you can do in the microwave, which I really want to try. Burnt spring onion oil noodles. There's a recipe for your uh, favorite prawn toast, which I know you're talking about in this episode. So many things. And, yeah, it's just like a really colorful, fun, lighthearted book, which is still, you know, rooted in family and her home country, but feels fresh. So that is Chinese-ish by Roisin Cole and Joanna Hu. Amazing. I love an illustrated cookbook. I think it's an underrated kind of cookbook I feel like you can sort of express so much with an illustration and I also really love that like I think sometimes people can get a bit precious about oh it's Chinese food it needs to be really traditional in a way that they're not about Italian food or like Australian food whatever that might be so it's fun to see someone really like claim it and just like take the flavors and the techniques and just turn it into an expression of themselves yeah absolutely buy or do what is up Okay, so I have been reading so much about the disaster of lost luggage happening with travel at the moment. Oh, my God, nightmare. (laughs) Nightmare, such a nightmare. Read so much about it, shouldn't have, but had a lot of spare time. So we've obviously got a trip coming up pretty soon, and I've been sort of trying to figure out, like, if there's – like, I want to check a a suitcase because we're going for a month, and I plan on buying a lot of – tinned fish uh but i don't (laughs) i don't want to lose my luggage so um i found a really great tip in that really great travel newsletter i mentioned in a previous app yolo intel and she recommended well she had two tips one was like make sure you take a photo of your luggage so you like have something that you can send to people and you're like look for this but she also recommended buying yourself a couple of apple air tags and putting one inside each of your suitcases yes yes 
So we got one each and the they work. They're not the cheapest. I'm sure you could probably find like a cheaper version or if you're using an Android phone, I'm sure you could find something that's Android compatible. But they basically use Bluetooth technology. So they ping off other nearby devices like um, iPhones and iPads and that's how you can locate where they are. Um, and it's the same way like your phone or laptop use it when you're using um, Find My Phone, the app on your, your iPhone. Amazing. But you can actually just register, you link the AirTag to your phone and then you can name it and then you put it in your luggage and then you can just like see where it is. So if you land in Milan, for example, and then you check your phone and your suitcase is still in Singapore. Oh my God. <laughs> you can at least tell them that. You go like, I know where it is. This is where it is. Please get it to me. I mean, how do they, like, how does that literally work with bag, like finding bags? Like they just yell into the abyss, like, has anyone seen a green bag? Like, <laughs> that could have come I from Sydney. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> Oh, God, I don't know. That's what the tags on the outside are for. But, look, I'm just trying to make sure all my fun European purchases come home with me. Good luck. I can't wait to hear how this goes. And if you, like, see your bag, like, in the middle of the sea, you're like, what happens now? And they're like, nothing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then my travel insurance kicks in. And just pack underwear and toiletries and a spare chain of clothes in your bag, in your carry-on. The other tip my friend had is that Andrew and I should each pack 50% of our clothes in each other's suitcase. So if one goes missing, we still have clothes. (gasps) That's genius. Guys. Come to me for all these tips, you know, and if you've got any other tips, please, I'm terrified, send them to me. So anyway, that's Apple AirTags for your luggage, along with a bunch of other tips I've just given you. They are $45 each, but you can use them afterwards to attach your keys, your handbag when you're not in travel mode. And I think worth it for peace of mind, frankly. Totally. That's so good. I saw these today on Instagram and I was like, what is that? That looks cool. And mm. now here you are. And you can Fresh personalize them. Mine have my initials on them. don't know why, but yeah. you know. Kind of cute. (laughs) Very. Okay, what about you? Well, um, not as tech savvy, but so I've been wearing the same Uniqlo white shirt for years and, you know, you need a white shirt in your wardrobe. It looks really crisp and fresh when you remember to iron it. (laughs) But after a while, you know, it gets a bit ratty, gets a bit yellow around the collar, gross, 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 and you just get over it. And it wasn't like the shape that I like anymore. Like I really like a quite oversized shirt, quite boxy. Like I don't want any tailoring around my waist or anything like that. So I ditched that one and I went hunting for a new one and I found the best one ever at Cos in their oversized shirt. It's so good. I really love it. It's got one big patch pocket at the front, which is cool. It's nice and roomy and like long enough to tuck in, but not too long that it looks weird untucked. You know, that length. It's key. It's the key thing. Yeah. It's not tight. It just ticks all the clean, like crisp boxes that I want. And yeah, just now I just need to get around to to ironing it. Mm. <laughs> um, which is the barrier. I'm like, I'm not gonna iron this. Like I, I feel like I really enjoy ironing when I set myself up and I'm like, I'm gonna iron everything in my wardrobe, it's gonna be awesome. And I spend an hour doing it. But that happens like once a year. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it does not happen often enough I, for me to get in a routine i recently ironed something for the first time in six years so you know I've, i'm moving past rumpled you live with a man they need to iron stuff it's the fir- it's a first a long time yeah i think if like my um 
ironing board was like accessible, mm. <laughs> it would be easy. My mum used to have this one that just pulled down from a cupboard, cupboard door. Like it, she opened a cupboard in her bedroom and it was like, boom, there it is. If I had that, I feel like I would iron a lot more. <laughs> Anyway, this shirt is great. If you're looking for just a crisp, clean spring shirt, then the Cos Oversized shirt is really good. We'll link to it in our newsletter, highly enthused at substack.com. And now what time is it, Saru? Le Fast Five. Le Fast Five. We won't sing it today. We'll just say it in French. Okay, number one for me. You've already hinted. Let's start with this one. Prawn Toast seems to be having a moment. Yeah. I have been loving it at La Salou where they had it with added chorizo and a little dollop of saffron aioli. And then we also went to Lucky Prawn at Hawks Brewing in Marrickville, which was so good and they also do an amazing little slab of prawn toast and I just hadn't had it in years and then I suddenly had it twice in the space of like four days and it's so good I don't know where it's been my whole life I just really all it's all I want to eat such a perfect snack I agree I was going to do a shout out to say please send me your favorite recipe because I feel like I can definitely make it at home but I'll just get you to send me that uh, Chinese-ish recipe please and I will start whipping it up at home, probably with some saffron aioli because that was such a good addition. That was really good. Okay, number two is the Cornersmith Instagram account, Cornersmith being a really great little cafe and pickle preserve company in Annandale. They have these really great reels that take you through different ways to prevent food waste. They're just so good. They're very silly, very short little reels. Um, and they sort of take you through lots of different inventive ways to use up leftovers and scraps and like minimize your food waste. So things like turning leftover pasta into a pasta frittata, um, pear chutney when you've left some fruit in the bowl to get too soft, what to do with like leftover silver beet stems. And they're all inspired by or from their new book, Use It Up, which I actually bought as a birthday present for my mum. I've already given it to her, so I'm not spoiling anything by telling you guys that. But it's just been kind of great to just like if I'm in looking in the crisper and I'm like, oh, shit, like those mushrooms are like past their best. I just kind of go on their Instagram and see if they have anything that I should should do with it. And they almost always have a really good idea to sort of prevent throwing something in the bin and reducing the food waste. Yes, I actually had these on my list to recommend and you scuppered me. Um, they're so good and they're so funny and they just like take the piss out of yeah. themselves and I love that. Oh my God, yeah, it's just like very tongue-in-cheek and great and not too precious, which I also like. And, you know, sometimes people can get a bit holier than now with like oh, reduce waste, but they've just got really great ideas. And if you we're all trying to save money at the moment, so it's a great way to get the absolute most out of your very expensive grocery shop. Mm. Number three is a coconut lacroix. Buy it by the can. Yeah. Buy it by the case. So this recommendation actually was put onto, I was put onto it by our mutual pal, Anna Mansfield, who knows all the best non-alcoholic beverages. It has a really lovely, like creamy tanginess. It feels like a treat without the booze. Apparently it's great in cocktails. I haven't tried it. Mm. I have recently used it whilst hungover to soothe me and it was very effective. If you're in Sydney, you can get it at Redfern Convenience Store or I've seen it at Crown Street Grocer in Surrey Hills, but I've also found it online. So I will link to that. Um, I haven't tried any of the other flavors of La Croix because every time I'm like, I'm just going to get the coconut because I know I like that. But it's a lovely little treat to have in the fridge if you are looking for a non-alcoholic 
fun beverage. Always. It's a bit more fun than just plain sparkling water. And number four, my girl, Maggie Rogers, has released her new album, Surrender. It was either perfectly or somewhat uh, awkwardly released on the same day as the new Beyonce album. So I think it was a bit overshadowed, but, you know, I will take both of them at the same time. It definitely increased the number of albums I'm listening to at the moment. Obviously, her last album is one of my faves, but I think this one will also be in high rotation. It's got a really, like, late 90s, early 2000s rom-com Sheryl Crow poppy rock kind of sound. The single That's Where I Am is really good, uh, but I've listened to it a couple of times and there's some really good ones on there, so definitely have a listen to that one surrender but i've had that like starred to listen to and i haven't got there yet i'm really excited get in there it's it's a it's a good one she's it's just fun it's like very high energy and poppy and enjoyable and then my last one which i sort of wasn't sure if i would keep it in my phone in my list to recommend because it's a bit silly but my recommendation is to keep a list of guaranteed karaoke bangers in your phone. Oh, my God. It sounds silly, but you were there the other night when we were out at karaoke. Saved me. And we had one <laughs> hour booked and everyone was very drunk and unprepared. And I really came into my own because I could just preload a whole bunch of guaranteed hits in there to rev everyone up. You know, it just, I mean, we skipped a bunch of them, but there was at least like 10 things in there and people could be like, yeah, I love this song and start singing. So... Oh my God, that moment when everyone is waiting for you to choose a song for the first song and you can't find any of the songs you like in that yeah. freaking machine. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> I was like, Ready? do you have that list of karaoke songs on your phone? You're like, yeah. I'm like, get up here. And I did. <laughs> and I preloaded. So I'm going to give you three favorites. One yeah. is 3 a.m. by Matchbox 20. It's a good starter because everyone actually knows it without realizing they know it. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith and my personal favourite, but you cannot do this if I'm there because I will do it. It is Hello by Adele. I nail it. I, by nail it, I mean I commit with absolutely no accuracy in tone. <laughs> um, and if you want any more of them, you have to get me drunk and take me to karaoke. So I'll give you those three, but no more. But that's what you need. Keep a list on your phone. You need at least about 25, maybe 30 in there to guarantee that you'll be able to find at least three of them on any karaoke list. Yeah, that was the thing. I was like, all these songs that I want to sing are not on this machine. Like Celine Dion, yeah. all coming back to me now. That wasn't there. I, know, I can't believe they didn't have that. Mandy Moore, Truly. I'm Missing You. That wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually just about to add that Mandy Moore song to my list because that's a good one. It's a really good one. <laughs> Well, that was a great Fast Five. Thank you. I love you when you do good Fast Fives. I love you when you sing great karaoke. Anything. I just love you, man. I love you too. Let's do more karaoke there. If we're going to catch kar- if we're gonna catch COVID, it should be while doing something fun. Not at that place. That place sucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about you? Okay. So my first recommendation is a bit of a hark back to season one. Ooh. So OG listeners may remember when I recommended that you – Wash your face using a muslin cloth mm-hmm. to help exfoliate or remove all your makeup. Best tip ever. If you're still going on that one pack that you bought when I recommended <laughs> those muslin cloths, it is time to change them over to fresh ones, which yep. is what I did <laughs> recently. I just chucked them all out because they were like just very much past their prime. Disintegrating. Yeah, pretty much. Bought a new three pack from Eve Lom, which is the nicest, slightly 
luxury muslin face cloth. They sell them at Mecca in a three-pack. And, oh, so nice. Why have I been battling away with old ones? Just feels really good. You need to check them out every so often. So if you're doing that tip, please, please assess the situation and upgrade. That is the three-pack muslin face cloths mm. by Eve Lom from Mecca. Okay, number two, piccolo bar in King's Cross. Have you been? I have. Love the bars in King's Cross at the moment. There's so many good ones. So cute. So it's like this tiny, tiny little back alley bar in the cross, kind of off Kellett Street. Not, it's not on Kellett Street. It's like one lane way back. It's been there since the 50s, but it's recently had new owners and they kept all the original interior. It's got this like bright red light, all these photos in the wall. They've got great neon out the front, really retro. They've got a menu dedicated to Negronis, which I quit a while ago. I do not drink Negronis anymore, <laughs> but I do drink Negroni Spagliatos, which is like a lighter version. If you too cannot drink Negronis anymore for whatever reason, undisclosed, they're really good because they swap the gin out for soda. So it's like a little bit lighter, easier to drink, mm. a little bit sparkling. They do little cheese plates from Penny's Cheese Shop, a terrine, and I think a hot dog is on the snack list, which is cool. <laughs> just like going with the 50s theme um and that's it it's just like so simple so awesome it's really fun so if you're going out to dinner stop by there before or after it's piccolo bar in king's cross very cool third recommendation is my just favorite dumpling flavor like frozen dumplings in the freezer is just something that we constantly have and it's just the easiest best dinner with like you know steamed or stir fried greens and my favorite flavor is pork and coriander look i feel like this is a super simple recommendation everyone's like yeah, no shit but um it's just so yum like maybe you go the pork and chive every time <laughs> like that used to be me and now i go pork and coriander and it's so much better and i think as well you know there are great little dumpling brands in harris farm but if you go to your favorite dumpling shop like in you know, your local Chinese area where we go is in Ashfield and they make them by scratch, from scratch by hand. See if they have any frozen to take home because they're so good and so juicy and like fattier and just fresher than ones that you, you can buy at the supermarket. And most of the shops have them, like they'll sell them to you. And yeah, pork and coriander, if you see them, buy them. Super yum. My number four, my penultimate recommendation for today is the Arnold Circus Stool. Again, people are like rolling their eyes, but people might not know about them. You might have seen them but not know their name. They are kind of like geometric, sort of slanted, hollow stools. Mm -hmm. They were originally designed by a London-based designer called Martino Gampa. They're actually originally used for like official outdoor seating for events in a council housing area near Shoreditch called Arnold Circus. And the top of it is shaped like Arnold Circus is shaped. But they've got the license to make them in Mel to fabricate them in Melbourne now. I think they're made mm. from like a, a recycled plastic. Um, so they're really light and they're made in all these beautiful colours that kind of mirror the Australian mm. landscape. So like dusty reds, yellows, grey blues, really beautiful palette. And you can use it so many ways. Like it's really light and because it's made of plastic, you know, it doesn't degrade or anything. I like to put ours next to the bath to prop my glass of wine on and my book and my laptop when I'm watching movies, not working. And 
you can put it like actually in the shower if you're lucky enough to have one of those like beautiful giant rain showers. It can be like a little table in there or like a seat if you want to sit down. <laughs> it can be a bedside table or you can actually turn it upside down. It can be like a little waste paper bin, um, which is, yeah, you can get taller ones and shorter ones. The color I have that I really love is pale eucalypt. It's like a really soft green but I'm also eyeing the yellow I just want like heaps to put around for all these different uses <laughs> so so easy I thought they'd be really heavy for some reason I don't know why like I thought they'd be like you know really sturdy but they're not they're they're light which is really cool yeah they're about you know 200 230 dollars you can buy them all over the internet I got mine from a store called good things store and my final one is a plant food and tonic. I feel like I really enjoy looking after plants. I find it like pretty therapeutic and, you know, just one of those things that's part of a routine. Like on Fridays, I water my plants. I really like having that like routine. Mm-hmm. And we have a bunch of plants in our office and they were fine. Like they were not dying or anything, but they were just like weren't thriving. <laughs> they were just skating on by through life, like not not thriving it's a real 2022 mood yeah, to be honest exactly. <laughs> getting by just getting by hanging on surviving yeah surviving not right hanging on so i found this little bottle at a plant shop in newtown and it's an all australian all certified organic company called we the wild and it's beautiful packaging and it just looks like accessible like i find i walk into um bunnings i'm like oh, i don't know how to use all these fertilizers and like they all look so scary and big and it's just like no it's too scary so i just don't buy them but this is like a little a little jar and you just put a couple of squirts in like a liter of water like in a in a jug or whatever you use watering cat to water your plants and that's literally it. You just water it with it every um, – you water your plants with it, that solution, every fortnight and just watch them grow. Like they just sprout new sprouts. They <laughs> The leaves thicken. They look so glossy. They're like standing up a bit straighter. <laughs> They're just so happy. Um, and it's so nice. And it just makes me, you know, feel like I'm doing good things to help my, my plant children. <laughs> So it's basically what it is. It's just like an organic liquid concentrate, like what you'd kind of get if you had a worm farm, you get like the worm tea or whatever it is. It's kind of like that. Nothing, you know, gross in there. It's kind of like, yeah, you can get seaweed fertilizers and stuff, but yeah, this just comes in a chic and easy to use bottle. Be prepared for the lushness, everyone. (laughs) Be prepared for the lushness. That is the We the Wild Grow Plant Food and Tonic. That's all we have for you this week, guys. You can find us and send us fun shout-out requests at Highly Enthused on Instagram. You can email us, highlyenthused at gmail.com. We've had some fun emails lately. That's been great. Uh, You can also, of course, sign up for our newsletter, highlyenthused.substack.com, if I said that right. You can also upgrade yourself, upgrade your life, get a paid one, $5 a month. Hasn't gone up. Inflation isn't affecting us, uh, so, you know, get yourself a bargain. Get yourself a 2021 price there. Uh, and then you get an extra newsletter um, every month, which I it's, you know, what more could you want? And that's it from us. You'll see us, and by see us I mean hear us, in two weeks. Very soon. <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> Until then. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.